You're listening to the live, unedited version of the Melody Sound podcast on Space FM. We are starting the show of Medley Sound right here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. That was Jet with 
is Raw, that brilliantly start the show, which is exactly what we're going to do. My name is Stephen Hesse, I'm your host for today. Uh, we are going to be here from 12 till 2pm uh, on Mentally Sound, which is a show all about mental health, um, which is not as depressing as it sounds, um, because you know it's honest and fun, and it gives us the opportunity to talk honestly and frank about a wide range of stuff, and that's the sort of just the, the disclaimer, if it's your first time listening, you're very welcome, obviously, and just to let people know that we talk about potentially taboo subjects, but obviously we mention helplines and stuff throughout the show, and obviously, as I say, we try and have a good, dare I say, fun aspect to it, but I'd like to welcome my host, Mr. Ricky. Hello, sir. Hi, sir. How are you? I'm doing very good. You know, we're all, we're very all polite, aren't we? <laughs> like, yeah. hello, sir. Hello. <laughs> I think it's the sun's out today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. And that's because we're on the air, I believe. <laughs> it's like when didn't you make that joke last time we were on where it was like rain and then the sun came out at the end and you oh, went yeah, right. and you went just because we're on. <laughs> it's the the sun the, the clouds part where mentally sounds on the air. <laughs> people who think we promised blue skies, it's it's a myth. Yes, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but we try. It's in our thoughts. That's what's important. Um, but uh, welcome everybody to the show. Just to let people know, um, in terms of guests, because we have um, this is a show where we have people on to talk about. You know, either their charities or their lived experience, all that kind of stuff. Um, so the so just to let people know who we've got on today's show, because it's quite a bumper show. Hopefully, um, this one maybe in terms of a guest, but um, uh, a really good two for the show. We've got a, a guy called Gareth who is the chairman for the Newcastle United Disability Association. So he's going to be on in about half twelve, um, to talk all about that, uh, which is excellent. And Lily, I hope I'm saying that right, and Farida from West End Befrienders, which is just actually around the corner from where we're um live doing this in the studio um, and they're going to be on to talk about that organisation at around 1.30 and then we have Mental Health News with the lovely Kaylee who's part of our team um, that'll be on about the hour as well um, so before me and uh, Ricky because what we usually do at the beginning is kind of do a little intro and um, an introduction to each other and uh, like sort of catch up essentially because this is a once a month show um, every second Friday so but um, I've been told just to get this out of the way because we're going to I'll mention this a couple of times throughout the two hour show because we had two o'clock for those that are wanting to know um, is that Spice have asked me to do a um, advert for Syria. So um, Spice FM is actually doing an appeal for Syria tomorrow, uh, that's 6pm till 12pm, so a six hour live appeal from the Human Appeal um, to help the trapped civilians in East Gota, but basically all of Gota, because obviously Syria's um, you know, situation is quite awful and civilians are trapped. I think it's something like 77 civilians, something have died recently. Um, so Spice are doing a very wonderful thing and doing a six hour appeal so if you'd like to do that, please obviously tune in tomorrow, 6 till 12 p.m. here on Spice 98.8 FM, and and donate if you want. They've also gave me some donation information, so if you're listening now and can't tune in during that time, you can donate by going to oh, uh, you can ring 0191 273 9888. That's 0191 273. Um, 9888 or you can go to www.justgiving.com and emergency 4 that's the number 4 and Syria and if you can hear some battering on the top of the roof I hope to God that that stops because um, uh, I can hear it a little bit but hopefully you won't hear it through the microphones but um, that's th- that's actually a nice transition so, anyway, so please obviously do um, you know terrible interruption there. I was in mid-sentence. It's all about Syria, people. Um, and I'm getting all these random like noises in the studio. But yeah, so 
Uh, obviously, please do either donate if you so wish to, or join uh, Spice tomorrow from 6 p.m. till 12 p.m. So awesome. Um, so yeah, that's a good segue because before we get into you know how each other are doing, um, a funny thing. Um, obviously, once uh, if you listen to it live, you would have heard our responses. But um, once the podcast comes up, you'll be able to see it because that's coming out tomorrow. I'll let people know about that. Um, is we got interrupted on last month's show by people just randomly deciding to just there was a leak in the room. Um, and this looks a little bit like a construction site right now. Um, we're probably breaking some sort of health and safety, <laughs> health and safety rules. Um, you know, um, so if you hear like some random like, ah, oh my god, um, that'll be why. Um, but yeah, so um, they did not provide helmets. Did they? Yes, we're, exactly. We're, yeah. we're under a very precarious yeah. looking roof at the yeah. moment. This uh, is just a joke, but we are currently suing uh, Spice FM uh, for <laughs> for a bad work environment or whatever the phrase is. But anyway, so um, yeah, that was. The hilarious because we were talking to. Um, can you remind me of the was guy's the name? Abuse services. No, it was the guy at the end, the great, the, the great head guy. Oh, uh, been Jeremy, on before Jeremy. Jeremy. Yes, that's yeah. right. Correct. Yeah. Um, I'm terrible at remembering names. And yeah, and I remember that at one point he was answering one of my questions, and he just turns around and he gives them the hackiest look. He just is like, "What are you doing?" And I'm just like going, "Yes, what are you doing?" <laughs> We're also at the same time going, "Yeah, that's great, Jeremy." But at the same time giving them the death stares and like you know I just wish it was death note and I could write their names on a bit of paper and then that would all be fine a little bit of a geek reference there but um, but uh, but yeah so um, so what what was your reaction because like I know you didn't say much during that at least I, can't, I don't remember you reacting what, what, what but can you say I know you just looked at me no, there was no pre-warning of anything and <laughs> I remember they didn't even like look through the window just to see if there is a show happening they just sort of came in Without without any consideration for <laughs> well, what was well, happening. And well, just to, to let people know, because there's no video in this here, so you won't be able to see <laughs> the, 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 the seat set up. But um, I'm obviously behind all the, the faders and I do all the music and stuff. And I, so I, I, I'm the only one that's facing the door. So I, uh, it's really, really like disconcerting and off-putting to have people just like yeah. you know talking in the background, like through the because it's um the the Spice Studio has like a, a screen like most radio stations do, where you can see um who, like who's outside in case mm-hmm. anyone's waiting and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So what happened was they were just sitting, like sort of standing outside the the door, just going, right, what should we do? I don't know. And as you quite rightly said, and you didn't even see it, is they just looked at each other and went, well, I guess we better go in then. Not like, oh, there's a show going on, maybe we should wait. Mm -hmm. And then they just went in. And the first time he did it was the most annoyed I was. Because he he came in and he sort of didn't respond to the fact we were there and just as it, it got a ladder out and started yeah, like checking yeah, the roof yeah. and, I, and then the second time he walked in and then he saw my evil stare and kind of went uh, um, like gave me the sort of um, you know the, the uh, like the tele- telepathically went sorry we do this kind of thing and I'm like well I can't stop you can't. <laughs> we can stop the show and go well, well what uh, they would have done yeah. I mean like you know our third <laughs> member Kaylee was sitting in, in the sofa if they could have just like communicated to you <laughs> what's happening and like take you outside and you know but no, they just sort of came in. Uh, oh, it's a live show. <laughs> yes, that's Hammer and Tom. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to happen this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a drill going on. Eh? <laughs> there's already been some hammer. There's already been some ham- um, hammering off the roof. So if you heard that earlier, I apologise. And at the worst time, I'm doing a Syria appeal, and all you hear is like, <laughs> and it's like it's very annoying. Uh, anywho. 
Um, so, as I said, we'll catch up with Mr. Ricky because it's been a while. So it's been obviously uh, since uh, since last month, obviously. Um, uh, well, actually, as well, we did the um, we did well. That was that was beforehand, wasn't it? But we did the uh, February third special as well. Um, yeah. So huge thank you for Spice for letting us do that. Um, so how have you been since then? How's your how's your mum and everything? Mum's doing really fine. Um, getting on well with her. You know, for listeners at home, she just had a, a knee replacement. Um, so I've been, because we've been talking a lot about care in the last couple of shows, haven't we? And I know you've been in a very similar mm-hmm. position. So um, indeed, yeah, it, yeah, it's coming on all right. So I'm, I'm hopefully kind of like next week, week after, going to sort of get back into sort of work mode and doing the other things. And um, but uh, uh, Mum's doing okay. She's on, she's on a walking stick now. Phys- been taking it the physio, um, been on with her meds and things. She's gradually weaning off them. And her painkillers more and more, so... um Great. Yeah, on a personal level, I went, I don't know, but um about a few days before the big freeze that we had, I had, mm. like, the worst flu that I've had in years. Oh. For, like, a few days, I was just, like, I felt like I was, like, you know, having an out-of-body ex- experience almost. It was, like, one of those where you're, you're really hot one, one, one sort of minute, and then you're really shivering cold the other. It was, like, on and off, on and off all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just a few days of that, but... um yeah, just just hope because we did consider we were talking before the show, didn't we? How long this big freeze would last and whether we'd have a show today at all? Because mm-hmm. I did have in mind about our guests today and hope you know because you, you want everyone to come in safely and then. You know, of course, yeah. I mean, uh, we we would we would we would. Uh, Kaylee mentioned this at the um, in the pre meeting that we do before the show that, it, it, thank God it wasn't last week because that that's actually re- I'm I'm gl- really glad you said that because that wasn't on my train of thought about talking about the weather. Um, but obviously, you know, hopefully there'll be people listening to this. I know we talked about it on your podcast, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you listen to our last podcast, because um, I'm releasing part two of that uh, very soon. Um, me and uh, Ricky talked about the beast from the east because we we um, not to ruin the joke throughout the thing because I I we called it the beast from the east podcast because uh, as in the title of the podcast because um, at the beginning we were joking that it was there uh, very much like a, a boxing match as in like some Russian was going to come over and take on the new hot prospect of the UK it was the week started riffing on that for about twenty minutes and it yeah. was very fun it was it's very fun kind um, of funny now that Russia's in the headlines now yes exactly yeah it's even more relevant exactly um. So yeah, um, that 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 was yeah. So so we should talk about the weather because um, hopefully it'll be yeah. Sure, go ahead. Um, just sorry, Gareth is coming in the studio. Um, please feel free to take a seat. Um, yeah. So um, uh, yeah, yeah. We should talk about the weather because hopefully there'll be people listening to this on on the interwebs mm-hmm. um, who are not from England who might be interested to know how the beast from the east affected were mm-hmm. um, because that was really quite. Um, uh, that, that, that it was really quite bad, obviously. Mm-hmm. Although um, I must say, my friend Michelle, who, my friend Michelle who um, lives in uh, Chicago, mm-hmm. was joking with me on 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 uh, Twitter messaging, say, on direct messaging, saying um, that we just like looked at our situation and went amateurs. I know, I know. <laughs> because I, I I couldn't tell you the number of times that I went to a ta- got a taxi during that period of time, mm-hmm. and just taxi drivers going, "We are so rubbish as a country <laughs> because we can't deal with any." No. Any weather at all, um, you know, because I, I, I know this might be this is obviously a controversial subject, but like the idea of like the one point a taxi driver said to me, which I thought was a fair point, yeah. was that um, 
like teachers saying that it was un- it was unsafe for them going into work mm-hmm. uh, when it first started, mm-hmm. and then like he said, his wife went to the supermarket, which was further away from the school, and there was a bunch of teachers doing shopping, and I'm like, so they can't go to, to can't go to school because it's too dangerous, but they're willing to go. Yeah, well, the funny <laughs> thing is, as full time carer, we have been since Christmas looking after my mum, so I had to make a lot of supermarket dashes. And a lot of people were panic buying. There was hardly anything there. Mm-hmm. Partly because they couldn't get the supplies because, you know, you know, deliveries would have got stuck wherever they were. And people just panic buy thinking there was going to be, you know, uh, we're going to be tunneled in and all the snow, so let's buy as, you know, as if it was like some sort of nuclear holocaust going on. So yeah. let's buy as much as we can. Yeah, yeah, that's... that's and there was absolutely nothing in the shops there. It was incredible. Um, oh, I know, like, when it got towards the end of it, I remember I remember going to my girlfriend's and that I just walked into a newsagent's yeah. and it was literally like... And also, not just that, but my mum lives very much near the coast road and I've never yeah. seen it so quiet. Like, right. there was, like, nobody around. Right. It did look like a post-apocalyptic <laughs> setting, <laughs> like, yeah. as in, you know, people just decided to just yeah. go, well, that's just, we'll all just stay in, like, you know, you're right, bar, bar the doors. <laughs> I've got friends over in, uh, like, Scandinavia, and they get this, like, all the time, like, regularly all year round, and mm-hmm. they, they look at England and, and think the panic that we went through, and yeah. you think, why do you guys not just prepare for it? You know, why we don't, well, why have we not put measures in place? The thing, that, the thing that drives me crazy about that is, like, it's as if nobody realises that we're an island. Yeah. Because you would think my third well, thought yeah. of being an island would be, wouldn't it make sense that we're going to have different weather conditions? Yeah, yeah. But we are just so not prepared yeah, for that. Yeah. Like, I remember Michael Caine years ago. This is a really random, random example. But Michael Caine was on Parkinson's in uh, par- the Parkinson, Michael Mike Parkinson, Bunch, yeah. the, 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 the interview mm-hmm. show, in the, like, 70s when he first started. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been, well, I say when he first started. It's probably not, not true. But uh, around that time he was on. And there was a clip because it was the last Parkin- Parkinson one where he had Michael Caine on. Mm-hmm. So they were showing that old clip. Mm-hmm. And it was basically they were taking the, the mick out of um, Michael Caine for the fact that he, he, he was a, a king of random trivia. Right. And on the old Parkinson clip that they showed, yeah. he was mentioning that he found it ridiculous that there's all, every time that we, um, uh, uh, every time that we need salt for the roads, mm-hmm. there's a salt shortage or like, you know, whatever, like there's no rain for two days to declare a drought and you can't use your hoses. Yeah. And he's like, but yet we're no more than like 40 miles away from the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it, it is such a great little tiny point. And I just was like, I remember, I remember seeing that clip a while ago and going, that's so mm-hmm. like a really great point that we're just not prepared yet. You could go to somewhere in the middle of America, which is like however many times bigger than England, mm-hmm. and they've got like you know snow plows and like shit. Because yeah. my friend Michelle, who lives in Chicago, she says like what, whatever weather condition it is, mm-hmm. basically the people who sweep the roads mm-hmm. and, and and sort the sort the streets out to mm-hmm. be usable mm-hmm. just go. Well, it's snowing. We'll better get the snow plows. Yeah. Like they just they just get on with it. Like and, uh, that Even is those huge, part of huge trains that they have over there as well with the plow and the yeah. Exactly, yeah, the big whole like yeah. um like like rake rake things that the like the people were trapped in trains for like two three days and, and yeah did you and, see yeah, that yeah, did you did, see that yeah. um news that no, that news item where people got stuck on a train so they just and they had a parachute the track, and some, yeah. they had a parachute like um, food parcels down from a bridge and that and stuff, uh, yeah. well yeah um did you hear it was like I think it was Somerset or something right. but they had to get the Royal Air Force in yeah to basically because there were certain isolated sections that could get no food mm-hmm. at all for like days on end mm-hmm. so they got them 
the like parachute like supplies in and like I remember people right. on Twitter was making silly jokes about saying it's like Call of Duty or something like a <laughs> care package um, people making jokes going I think just had like AK-47s in which yeah. I thought was a ridiculous joke but um, but yeah no because it's a really serious point is because you don't think about you know mm-hmm. situations like this where you know because I always think I would love an envi- I'd love a situation where I had enough money where I could just get a house in the countryside. But then imagine if that type of weather happened in that situation, and you could get off, cut yeah. off quite yeah. quite easily. Yeah. So it was a really serious deal. So so as much as we said that it was ridiculous, uh, it, it is worth mentioning the other side of the coin that it was there was some serious situations. Yeah. I felt terrible about which is why I mentioned this to you, and I'm quite happy to say this that me and my girlfriend. Um, have done it, uh, are going to we've we've put a whole bunch of stuff together to homeless um oh, homeless charities yeah, because yeah. we saw a, a, a section of that on local news about the homeless people struggling to um get the opportunity. Well, a huge, it was a huge issue over the big freeze because yeah. sadly many many people on the streets perished. Yes, because yeah. of just the cold climate. Yeah. So that got us really like you know. So we're going to donate like you know some spare you know like sleeping bags and, mm-hmm. and loads of spare clothes and stuff that we don't wear anymore my mom's doing it too like my mom is such a compassionate person like because mm-hmm. she just goes even in her situation she's like I'll donate some clothes and like there's some clothes that is really like mean a lot to her and she went but it's more important for them and I'm like it's a very good example of how great my mom is um, but yeah um, so is your mom doing good Mother's Day weekend yes yeah we totally should exactly yeah for all mothers yeah I'm thinking about taking my sister out as well because my sister being a mother we are planning to have a dinner, I think, but my my n- oldest nephew is, is is bound with chicken pox at the moment. So oh, that's a shame. If he can get over that, then we'll mm-hmm. we will. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. But yeah, I, I was going to mention at the beginning of this because Ricky actually asked me, and I realised I didn't answer it was about how my mom was doing. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, um really really. Because um, I know that I know from last show. Yes. You mentioned to me uh, regarding counselling. We I think we ran out of time during the show. So oh, that's very. Pick it up. From yeah, there. that's a really good. Thank, that, yeah, thank <coughs> you for saying that. Because well, actually, it was going to be a thing where I was going to praise that for changing our mind, being seventy-two and deciding to do counselling. Okay. But then. Uh, what <laughs> then she decided not to do it anymore, <laughs> which I thought was an interesting uh, situation. But um, uh, but what I would say in terms of like just positive in a positive sense is that mm-hmm. she's tried a new medication. Mm-hmm. So this is since since we last spoke, mm-hmm. and they decided today. And and this is why I wanted to bring it up because you know I work for the on the social work course at Northumbria, for yeah. example, and they often say what's the worst experience you've had. Mm-hmm. But I also make sure to point out to them, but I've had good experiences too, even yeah. people I know. Yeah. And my mom is a great example of that yeah. because um, the mental health for elderly people who my mom's being looked after by are unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. And my GP said that um, he actually like paraphrased what happened to me a few years yeah. ago. And he said, like, they're going to be, as far as I know, or the people I've referred to on them, are they're much more thorough and unbelievable. She rang me on the way here, right. uh, on the metro. I was, like, waiting on the platform, and she rang me, and mm-hmm. she told me, this is what we're doing, mm-hmm. this is what I said to your mom, we're going to send you a copy. Mm-hmm. And then I text my sister to tell her what you just said, and my sister went, ah, Matt, she's just rang me and told me right. the same thing. So it's unbelievable. So, like, she, she put all the, the phones together, there goes the hammering again. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm going to hammer them uh, <laughs> during the break, and that's just, that's just quickly, a joke. Very quickly on that point, can I? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, sure. I mentioned the recent big freeze. Um, the, the care workers who came out to, to, to see my mum to make sure she was all right during the big freeze. I want to, 
I mean, I put a hashtag out on Twitter and I call them snow angels because that's what they were to come through in that weather to see my mum's okay. And not just my mum, everybody else that they look after. Yeah. I want to pay tribute to them in mm-hmm. recent days. Because you get really, really... They're really stretched at the moment with the cuts and things. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and also, you I mean, we, we say this about the NHS all the time, and I know that, uh, I, uh, just to clarify, we do mental health news at, uh, at one o'clock for those that are listening uh, who are new. And... Um, one one of the th- uh, we don't he doesn't uh, Ricky doesn't tell me what the headlines are in advance but he did mention that it's something something's going to be NHS related yeah. and that's just reminded me of we constantly say on this show that we don't want to bash NHS as a as a whole or as an idea because you know everyone can talk about a situation where they feel unfairly treated yeah. but I always blame the individual not the process yeah. because. Um, um, well, you can bring the process in terms of like you know the bureaucracy of it, but I just mean you get. Ba- like, I say this on the the university course all the time, which I'm really enjoying doing, mm-hmm. um, like being part of it. And um, I, I say to them all the time, you get good social workers and you get bad social workers. Um, I've had both experiences. Unfortunately, my mom, for the first time being in social services, is actually being. Although I would say the person who's in charge of our care plan is useless. Um, I've had uh, several conversations, several interesting conversations with her. Um, anyway, so what I'm going to do, because it's 25 past, we'll just tell, because um, I did um, also mention that Amia, who runs the Beacon Cafe here, will be on the show hopefully at some point, yeah. but um, we ran out of time for that for now, but hopefully we'll get him in the second hour. Yeah. Um, so, because what we're going to do, because I don't want to make Gareth wait any longer, because he's waiting patiently in the studio, is we're going to take a quick break now, because we've got to play ads on the half hour, um, but we're going to play a song right now, uh, we're going to play some ads and then we'll play a quick song, and then Gareth, who's from the chairman of the Newcastle United Disability Association, is going to join us in the studio. Um, so we'll be back um, right after these messages. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Spice FM 98.8 FM.
Hello everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound, and that was Never Missed a Beat by the Kaiser Chiefs, and I hope we don't miss a beat either. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was such a terrible thing to say, but you know, I just want to make sure um, that we get that right. And uh, come from the roof up there. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Bain, I'm a just a comedian. Um, yeah, it is quite ridiculous, but it is quite ridiculous. There it goes, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Good timing. Yeah, yeah. There, I know, yeah, it just comes up... Um, yeah, it just wants to mention it. As soon as, <laughs> as soon as you say that, it starts. It's like you queued him, right? And now. Um, God, it's so annoying. Yeah, anyway. So apologies if you can hear that. But um, huge thank you, obviously, if you're uh, tuning into the show. Obviously, as I mentioned at the beginning, we're going to be here till 2 uh, p.m. on Mentally Sound. And as we mentioned, you've very kindly been waiting, which is excellent. Um, and so thank you so much for doing. So I want to welcome Gareth Beard to the show. Hello, sir. Good afternoon, Stephen. Uh, excellent. That is, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's very much appreciated. Um, so, um, just to clarify, because you told me in the break very nicely, you didn't attack me for it, <laughs> is um, the uh, I got the name of your association wrong. So I'll say it's Newcastle United Disabled Supporters Association, yeah, yeah. and I said that wrong the first time, so no I want to correct that. Um, so obviously he had to talk about that, amongst other things. So I guess the most obvious thing to start with, because you're the chairman, correct? I am, yes, that's right. Um, so how long have you been doing that for? I've been chairman for 14 years. Great. And that mm. was formed in 1998, September, mm. so we're 20 year old. Wow. Coming up in September. One Brilliant. of the oldest associations we were aware of, anyway. Mm-hmm. I think Blackburn Rovers are probably older than us because our model was based on theirs. Okay. All <laughs> oh, right. So Blackburn were the first to model this, this, I- this sort of idea. Well, we believe so, right. so we modelled ours on, anyway, okay. in 1998. Mm-hmm. Cool. So Great. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really interesting. And uh, so. Uh, the obvious thing to say when you just said that is is it, it, it is is this is this a, is it rare in sport clubs to do that because you just said is it is, are you, uh, is Newcastle unique in that sense or no I don't think so now okay not not now there's, there's not a lot of associations around now mm-hmm. you know, so do you link with other associations of other clubs then um, we do something because well, we have away trips right so we t- yeah. get in touch with them yeah. and, and yeah. we'll probably liaise a little mm-hmm. bit with them you know right okay so it just depends where we're going yeah. right mm-hmm. unfortunately a lot of the the, the clubs that we go to. We're not in the Premier League at the moment, so right. okay. Blackburn and Bolton and Wigan. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, we're quite restricted at the moment to where yeah. we can go because yeah. there's a ticket in the shoe for yeah, yeah, the sure. ticket. All right. Well, that, that was that was that was another thing that was that was in my mind about wanting to ask you that because yeah. obviously. You know, you mentioned you've been doing it for 14 years, and I mean, you know, me, um, me and Ricky. I mean, Ricky's slightly older than I am, but I'm 30, so I, I sort of grew up loving Newcastle in the 90s, for example. So um, I'm curious to ask you on the back of that because you just said it's quite difficult to get tickets now. I was going to ask you the obvious thing of how much, how is how how well has it transitioned in the sense of is it gotten better in terms of access for disabled people going to away games and it's in, in, in even at St James's. Yeah. The ticketing issues are for away games, not so much home games. Okay. It's, um, it's limited spacing. Yes. That some clubs have. Mm-hmm. Um, but sorry, did you ask again there? Uh, I'm just asking about the the, the how, how has it changed over the years since from oh when oh you yeah. started to now. Oh yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a completely different mm-hmm. ball game if you want. For okay. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it certainly is. At one time, I mean, I've been going for 49 years. Okay. To St James's Park, and when I first started going, I used to just stand in the corner next to St John's Ambulance. Uh-huh. And then progressed from there to having a little section. Well, you're right there because when I started going to to, to Newcastle United matches, um, it was in the late 80s. And from what I remember, yeah, it was a little, it was under a little corrugated iron, wasn't there? And it was just in the corner there, wasn't it? But it was a very precarious position because obviously you're right next to the pitch, aren't you? And if the ball came, you know, at however miles an hour it would have come. Newcastle United in the 
fantastic wisdom to say to put the away supporters behind us. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. We were getting pelted by leaders. Yeah, oh, that's, one of the that's leaders. One of the reasons then, yeah. why the roof was put on. Yeah, the roof. All right. It yeah. only held about thirty people. Okay. Yeah. Um, Gosh. But now there's room for. I can still see it now. The images. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um. So I mean, obviously, I mentioned the title of your organisation, yeah. but I mean, people listening to this will go, well, you know, it's it's a bit like a lot of organisations we've had on this show since we've done it for the last couple of years, is to say, you know, everyone says association, but like, what does that actually entail? And like, I guess what what's your role in it as well? Right. Well, but there's there's just two or three aspects to it. The first mm-hmm. and foremost, we're there to liaise with the club to make sure the facilities and what have you are correct for the disabled supporters, any mm-hmm. problems they have. Yep. We've got a great re- working relationship with the club. Yes. Um, we have representation permanently on the fans forum. Great. Which I, that is my, at the moment, I am the one who's doing the representation. Mm-hmm. Um, but not just members, but anybody who has a, a problem can contact us and we can get them in touch with the right mm-hmm. people within the club mm-hmm. to deal with that. We're not an action group. We decided mm-hmm. very early on right. we're not going to be an action group. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's just to keep the harmony between the club and the, the association. Yes, I think, I think yeah. the harmony is much better. I think yeah. you get much further forward if you're yeah. more harmonious and you're more likely to get things done you that way. I you suppose. do, yeah, yeah. yeah there's, uh-huh. there's very little that we've asked for that we haven't done mm. yet. You know? So yeah. you do that through liaison offices. I read on your website. Yes, yeah, so no, you have designated liaison offices. Yeah, within the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah within within Newcastle. Yeah, and they meet you on a regular basis. Yes, is it weekly, yeah. monthly, fortnightly? Well, whenever we meet, which is um, normally every couple of months, depending right. on what's going on. Yeah, you know. So um, you'd hear feedback from your members about certain things that yeah, need to get yeah, sorted yeah. and you The club are off okay. contact with us constantly, to be yeah. honest with you. I mean, we've heard of a contact with the club this week mm-hmm. mm. on different things, you know. Right, right. That's great that they're really supportive, yeah, like, I mean, because uh, it, it's something that, and I'm not just saying this to be, like, sort of PC, I guess, but, like, mm. is I, I generally, you know, when I, I'm not a season ticket holder, I know you were, you were having a nice conversation about being season ticket holders during the break, but I, 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 I used to go, my, my brother was a season ticket holder for years, and so I used to go with him to occasional games, and it always used to make me think, like, you know, for somebody who has uh, who is disabled, like, how what's the access like? And so it's pleasing to know that, that we, we, we I support a club that actually you know yeah. you know cares about it and, and tries the best to do it. Um, I mean, what's your experience like? If I can ask you just personally, like what's your because um, you're a season ticket holder, you were saying. I am, yes. Um, so what's what's um, the experience like for you at games? Like, I mean, are, are pe- like all the stewards and stuff very c- considerate towards you and all that kind of oh, stuff? Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, well uh, trained now, you know. Over mm-hmm. the years, it's improved as I say a lot. But I park behind. He's a Zent in the mm-hmm. uh, since John, what's John Holstein, isn't it? Yes, like the correct name. <laughs> uh, in the car park there, there's quite a few disabled players there, and we have ticket match tickets, you know, and yes. um, parking tickets, I should say, uh-huh. which um, are renewed every season if you want yeah. one. Yeah. And the access is great for me personally. Uh-huh. Right. Um, the club gave me a space as near to the entrance could possibly for me. Yes. I just walk it, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but getting around this actual stadium, that there's lots of ramps, there's lifts for level seven, right. uh-huh. you know, yeah. lots of the um, the counters at the catering, refreshment stands, sections are lowered for wheelchairs. Yes, people mm-hmm. like myself. Yeah, I imagine uh, this may sound a really silly question, but I'm assuming they don't make you go through turnstiles. No. Yeah. No, no there's a side door. It's just an ex- exit basically, yes. mm-hmm. and you just knock on the door. In fact, they've just put bells on. Great. <laughs> right. 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 You know, you just press the bell. Yeah. That's call. great. I mean, because <laughs> we talk about. I know you uh, yeah. feel free to say. I just was going to make a statement of we we, we for example had an uh, an ex um, uh, um, army officer who who served in Iraq on the show, and um, we we. we were saying it examples of and it, it, it 
it's so nice to hear that because it seems so obvious to me that like someone like yourself or someone like in his situation where there are examples where um, exceptions should be made and it's really nice to hear that because I'm just thinking you know that that, that to me seems obvious and yet you know we, we have heard of stories on this show where that hasn't happened and well so I think nice. I mean this, this um, goes around to how I wanted Gareth to come on because you, you know we had Timeside Cinema on recently yes I think as Newcastle it's, it's, it's ever increasingly becoming more a cultural city and all these new venues are, are popping up everywhere, you know, thank the stage who do like disability workshops. And I came up, you know, and I thought about, you know, we can remember what St. James's Park was like in the old days, oh, yes. now, you know. <laughs> but when you look at it now, it's like, you know, really high tech. So it's it's nice to know that they have these sort of people with, with additional needs that they're catered for. Um, so how else would you describe the transition in a way? What, what certain things have improved? Well, they've recently just... Um Installed two changing places. Right. Which All right. Which, I mean, I've had a look around one. The huge. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been in a change place. Fantastic. No. Um, quite expensive. But mm-hmm. uh, they've done two of those ones in the um, East Stand and ones in the Milburn Stand. Yeah. So it's accessible for away supporters as okay. well. Okay. So there's things like that being done. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also just are in the process of um, converting one of the boxes into a, a sensory room. Right, for people with autism. Right, yeah, I was going to ask you about that, because yeah. the, the, the club have now kind of gone through a mental health sort of a d- awareness thing. For they for are, the they're going through that. I mean, someone like for me who has anxiety, yeah. right? Um, I'll go through terrible anxiety right. pre-games, for example. Um, so someone like with PTSD, um, I've always got to know where the, the exits are if I feel panicky and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So is that something that the club are taking on board? Oh, very much so, yeah. Right? Yeah, very it's much so. Time. And uh, the, 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 the stewards and the staff are undergoing dementia training at the moment. Right. Tell us more about the sensory, r- sensory room, you know. Um, I haven't been in it yet. Yeah. Um, but basically, it, this started off that way of It's still in football club. That, um, they had an autistic lad who didn't like right. the sound of the crowd. Right, okay. So they built a, a small room for them. Right. Wow. Basically, that was just basically used by like the one family. Yeah. The new United one will be open yeah. to anybody who needs to use it. They've consulted with lots right. of groups. Yes. And places like Percy Headley as well. Mm-hmm. To, to get it just right, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. I know that's that's awesome news, I, I, I'm really pleased to hear that. I mean, mm-hmm. d- uh, uh, forgive me if this sounds really obvious, but like, I, I guess this is for people listening because um, I have to say, as someone who's been a supporter for years, I don't know much about what Newcastle United does, which I'm actually a bit ashamed about in the sense of that my mum worked at New St. James's as a waitress oh, for years and years and years. She was really, um, she used to do the, the matchbox, uh, the man of the match uh, VIP section. Um, so she used to be like head waitress there for like 10, year, 10 15 years. So mm-hmm. they bought like, um, she did the because she Bob, huge Bobby Robson fan. So when Bobby Robson took over, she was the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the re- but uh, um, for people listening who who may be disabled, who are Newcastle fans, who may not go to the games or, or mm-hmm. are fearful, yeah. um, what do, do they have the ability to? Co- do they contact you and can you help transition that so they can do that? Uh, I'm kind of sort of understand trying to understand yeah. more about what the association does. Well, we could so certainly do that. Yes, yeah. definitely. I mean, there, there are several disabled liaison officers within. Newcastle United. Mm-hmm. There's also mm-hmm. one in the box office to use right. disabled mm-hmm. tickets. Mm-hmm. There is a disabled liaison officer within the safeguarding mm-hmm. department. Great. You know, and the catering as well. We have lots of contact with the catering company because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's not done by Newcastle United. It's outsourced. It's done okay. by Sodexu. Ah. Yes. But we can contact them. They uh-huh. mm-hmm. have started going around um, the East Stand particularly on pitch side, taking mm-hmm. orders from people in wheelchairs mm-hmm. for refreshments and bring them out to them, right. mm-hmm. which was done. Gosh, 
gosh, 20 odd, 30 years ago at Derby County. I went to Derby County once right. for a football match and uh -huh. had a steward whose job was literally <laughs> just start at one end, take orders for refreshments. Yeah. And once he'd done the whole end, he started again. That's really the whole game. That's you know? really great. Uh, I know. Like, uh, th that it again, sounds so simple, but the fact, like, simple, right. yeah, but simple, but very um, helpful, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. for someone like yourself. So you can actually, because yeah. I mean, you know, again, this sounds a, a silly thing to say, but if I was in their situation, I would my responsibility. I would think was to make sure you enjoyed the game as much as possible, like anybody else. That's all about so that, yeah. experience, isn't exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you should be treated in the same way in that sense. So yeah, that's that's great. that's great that they do that. Yeah. Well, um, good hospitality as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's very good yeah. hospitalities. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's all accessible. There's also a visually impaired section. All right. Isn't it far from me? It's actually right. at the bottom of the, the leads of stand. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not quite sure how many it holds. It's about yeah. 20, maybe a couple of dozen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they have um, wireless headsets so they can listen to commentary. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really pleased. Right. Uh, maybe like right. Newcastle a whole lot more. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I already did like them, but I'm just saying it's nice that they it's nice that they include everybody. Mm. It really makes me feel good about it. Um, yeah. So, is the association member based? Like, how many people? It is member based. Yes, we have around about 160 members. Okay, so there's a manual fee, mm -hmm. five pounds to join. Um, okay, but if you're, um, we also take um, group uh, memberships. So, if you've got like a, a day centre or mm -hmm. a care home. Twenty pounds a year, all your members can be members of Nudsa. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. So, uh, like, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. really quite awesome. Yeah. Um, and I know in our email correspondence, we, men we mentioned like learning disabilities and dementia. Yeah. The club are sort yeah. of um, looking at. Do you know anything more about that? I know that you were liaison recently. Yeah, the the, the actually there's also um, disabled football, um, which the foundation run. You can the foundation mm -hmm. run disabled football. That's pan okay. disability as well. Yeah. With learning disabilities, right? You know, yeah. um, we have a lot of members who have learning disabilities because mm -hmm. yeah. we have social events as well, as, mm -hmm. as well as the football side. We have social events. We have yeah. four at the year. And you actually get to meet players uh, on a one-to-one yeah. basis, yeah. yeah? Yeah, well, the players come to the do's, most of right. our do's, okay. when we ask a player to come, they, they, yeah. they do, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah, That's great, we've had lots of um, players over there, Alan Shearer has been several times, Tim yeah. Crow, uh -huh. Colicini, uh -huh. most recently um, Robbie Elliott, and Robbie Elliott yeah. and Jack Colback, and... Mm -hmm. You know? That's nice. That they, that, that, um, I remember like we talked about this over the Christmas period. That I I, I like hearing Newcastle players doing nice stuff, mm -hmm. um, because we were talking about. I I know Isaac Hayden went to do yeah, West Ham Food Bank over Bank, Christmas, yeah, which yeah. I thought was really, <laughs> really um, mm -hmm. a, a nice a nice deed. You know, because they get a bad rap for the amount of money they make. And she was recently like done work with dementia. Yes. Yeah, uh, I watched that. It's yeah. quite hard to watch because of the fact that my mom's currently being checked for dementia. Mm -hmm. So it's like you know, it's it is. Um, um, is it okay to ask you a couple of Personal questions, um, can, yeah, uh, um, uh, because um, I'm I'm curious to ask. Um, so, what is your disability, if you don't mind me asking? Are you ready for it? Yes. It's one long big big word. It's osteoglyphosis multiplex congenita. Okay. And basically, wow. affects the limbs. Basically. Right. Okay. Um, so, how long have you had that condition? Since birth. All right. Since okay. Birth, yeah. It was so very very rare when I was born. Okay. So how um how do you um deal with it? Do you take medication or anything like that? I don't take medication with okay. this disability at all. It's just, a, it's just an actual physical disability? Yes, it okay. is. It's physical right. disability. Okay. Um, so, so has it has it gotten better? Does it does it get worse or better during no, the time? it doesn't or get better. It, 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 it gets worse yeah. with age. Yes. Yeah. I don't but get around as well as I used to be. Okay. 
But I mean, you seem to be doing pretty good, oh, consider yeah, all okay. things considered. Because um, I mean, you said I, I was going to be really, you know, uh, overly, <laughs> like generally nice and go. And when you said you've been a member, f- uh, you've been a fan for 49 years. Yeah, 49 I mean, it's like you look way younger. <laughs> I was just thinking, did you go when you were like zero? Eleven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you look you look very yeah. younger than 60 then. Um, See, so yeah, I could do maths. I can do maths <laughs> in my head. Yeah. I'm just proving I'm proving not smart. <laughs> very complimentary as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I try. I try. You know, I'm in a good mood. Um, yeah, it's not all just doom and gloom on a mental health show. 49 years, the, the amount of highs and lows that yeah. you have to win through. Yeah, yeah. An yeah. awful lot. Yeah. I started going this season, they won the first cup. Yes. Although I was only 11 at the time, so I didn't go through any of the first cup matches because of the night games. Can okay. you remember your first game, Steve? It's <sighs> a really good question. It would be so. It would be. So, it would be something in the nineties. I remember. But, um, it was when we were in the. My was it, we were in the old second division and we played Wolverhampton Wanderers. Right. And I saw Gaza was there, but he actually he was actually a Spurs player. He was like a guest in that All day, right, and right. he was out there sort of shaking people's hands. All right. I think it was Neil Zeech or something, but uh, yeah, that's when I mm-hmm. first saw that as the, the images back then, that old cor- corrugated iron right in the corner there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's one of the first things you see when you walk in the windmill bin stands and you think, wow, God, that's a bit precarious, isn't it? But from what you've told us and the advances the club's made, I'm, I'm really chuffed. Mm. You know, I'm yeah, no, I'm, I'm really happy about that. The other personal question I was going to ask, which was a lot more like, you know, not personal in the sense of, I just was cute because we've clearly just mentioned that we're all Newcastle fans so I'm curious about your own um, your own opinion about Newcastle United yeah. as a team like what's, <laughs> what, what's your we view we were going to save that yeah. at the moment <laughs> yes so um, precarious isn't it yeah I've, after 49 years I've made it um, I've learned the lesson never ever to predict Newcastle United. <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> impossible isn't it it's yeah. totally impossible <laughs> yeah I wouldn't even take them on the coupon to win or to lose <laughs> <laughs> they'll be on a 10 match run and I would not take them on the big score can, can you share with us uh, yeah. your favourite memory my favourite memory yeah I can actually um, it was a first cup game it was the previous the, the following season uh-huh. um, when we were the holders right and we played Anderlecht right and right. we lost the first leg 2-0 and um, we, they came back to our place and in them days I stood in the corner there was a lot of terrorism mm-hmm. there was no yeah. disabled mm-hmm. and I think there was 67,000 there wow. it was a fantastic night yeah. and Newcastle were after them from the start <laughs> and Pop Robson was playing for them and Win Davies yeah. and um, we went 3-0 up and it was fantastic mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, they kicked off Went up the other end and scored. <laughs> oh no! A guy called Thomas Nodal. I remember his name. <laughs> 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 That's what I mean. And they went through. On the, they went. On, they went through on away goals. Yeah, I was thinking you were going to say that. Such a great yeah. game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, was fantastic. <laughs> it sticks in my memory. Sorry, uh, the reason I'm laughing is just because it never ends. The pain, does it? <laughs> no, it never ends. That's right. And what made it worse was I used to stand at the players' entrance when I was a kid, uh-huh. and that the commissioner knew me, obviously. Yeah. And when they came in. He kept saying, "This is Gareth, one of one of the guys I met was mm. Thomas Nordahl. Right, I'd like to meet him now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. This is Thomas Nordahl, you know. My guess is on my first game, you make me rack my brain when you ask me that. Is that I think I, which shows you the uh, my dad, my dad had no soul. Is <laughs> is he took me to a Kenny Dalglish era game when we were oh, when it was the oldies of Stuart Pearce, and yeah. I think that might have been my first game because I honestly don't remember going pre ten pre-10 years old Most I don't remember I ask it's either the, the yeah. 5-0 drubbing of Man United or 
for the Barcelona game. Oh, I wish. Yeah. Or in terms of the best memories. Yeah. Um, like, it's weird because I would include, even though we lost both games, the Liverpool games, because the, the Liverpool game, yeah. even though it was painful as anything, I, I remember exactly where I was because mm-hmm. I'd been to Scouts. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I'd been to Scouts on a Monday and it was yeah. Monday night football and I remember the one where, call him on! I just went, oh, oh my yeah, God. Yeah. I just remember, like, I, I remember crying. with his head in his hands. Yeah, he <laughs> just, just, just slumped, didn't he, on yeah. the advertising board. I remember, I remember turning to my dad and going, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> like, just like, yeah. I watched that game in a pub in Dublin. All oh, right. I was away in Dublin with my other girlfriend in Dublin. I was visiting a girl in Dublin and... Um, we went to the pub she was always late and we were 1-0 <laughs> we no down yeah. and I went in and I th- it was a Ginola who scored the equaliser it was Ferdinand yeah. I can't remember Ginola I think mm, maybe no no it wasn't it was Ferdinand Ginola yes. was mm. and I jumped up and, and the whole pub just looked at me it was full of Man United <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised I wish I should have realised <laughs> yeah <laughs> in Ireland yeah. Yeah, yeah well it's like that um, I remember I'll just share this with you in the audience is that one of my favourite ever they think it's all over jokes was it was something to do with some person person who was avoiding the FPI and he was a Manchester United fan and he wasn't allowed in the country so he and so he went under like a fake name and went to a match and the joke that like, Nick Hancock did was um, well he's a Man United supporter and he wants to st- he wants to um, you know be in hiding hide in the middle, so of, Manchester. In the middle of Manchester <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that was the um, greatest yeah. joke yeah just going back to the 5-0 drubbing of Man United yes. was talking about at that, at that stage I was actually sitting right behind the goal in the right. St John Hall stand Wow. They all about all their chip. Chip, all their chip. It was fantastic yeah. because uh. what was never picked up on TV was the expletives that came from Schmeichel as the ball went over. <laughs> 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 it was unbelievable. Thank you. Every time I see that on TV, I always yeah. remember it from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for not. Thank you for not repeating what he <laughs> said because <laughs> <laughs> we don't want any fines. But yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, the, um, it is funny. And, uh, and again, it's. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because obviously we're in a we're in a, an audio, you know, conversation he has, and we're on radio, mm-hmm. and it, it's amazing how many times I've just realised this that you think of commentators and how much of an effect they have. Because as another example, you know, when I said Collymore is the Albert, yeah. and, he, yeah. and he chips it over, and he goes absolutely glorious, yeah. Yeah. and then uh, Andy Gray going, and that was the uh, this one of my best lines, and I wasn't a huge fan of Andy Gray, but he went, um, if, th- if that was the cake, this is the icing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's that mean? I don't know what he meant, but it was just like, you know, Mr. Poetic, uh, Andy yeah. Gray. But, uh, oh yeah, some good times though. Well, most of the best ones are just went, 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 said there and then, unplanned. Yes. Hence they think it's all over. It's yeah, yeah, been no, totally. Um, what, I wanted to, wanted, what I want to ask you just as a fan, um, because I, I debate this with my friends all the time, a little funny question to ask you, is do you count, being that you've such, been such a fan for a long time, do you count championship as a trophy? <laughs> good one, huh? Because yeah. I always think you've got to lose before you can win it uh-huh. if you know what I mean so not really no I don't yeah. I don't either see I don't nobody does no. like yeah I, I debate I, I this all the time yeah. it's like the last time we were down in, in the championship not last time previous before that yes. um, when we won the trophy we had an end of season do yes. and they actually bought the trophy into the room all right. and they were always having their photographs taken with it including myself and every time I see it now I think what are we doing posing with that <laughs> it's a loser's trophy <laughs> <laughs> it's that we should never have been there anyway I think that's the reason we look at that because um, I saw actually this is, this is such a, a a, a strange, like a coincidence. Is last night I was watching the Sky Sports debate show, um, like I was a repeat, and um, like I just watched the YouTube clips, 
that they put on, and it was Bellamy saying, um, it was uh, Craig Bellamy saying about it was it was an old one about the takeover bid, right. and um, and he was basically saying how we were sleeping, uh, and I thought it was nice considering Craig Bellamy, Craig Bellamy, from what I remember, left quite <laughs> quite on bad terms with yeah, us when he left. But um, but he said that you know we are sleeping giants, and that mm-hmm. all we, we should have never gotten the predicament that we've been in the last mm-hmm. few years, and mm-hmm. the fact that we've now. I mean, what's your what's your take on? Because we've got uh, we need to wrap up soon for a um, for break and for ads. But uh, what's your view on Rafa Benitez? Do you do you, uh, do you agree with the principle of he's the best manager we've had since Bobby? Um. That's a very debatable one. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very different manager to Bobby. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think he's such a good good management. Yes, certainly, maybe a better tactician. Yes, but man management, I'm not so sure about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's annoying a lot of people with the changes at the moment that he keeps making in the team. Yes, uh, it must be very difficult to play for him. Yeah. I mean, I, I was at Manchester City. I was at yet I had and Jacob Murphy had a great game. Mm-hmm. He's just starting to play really well. He's got mm-hmm. a good goal, best mm-hmm. goal of the game. Mm-hmm. And until um, last Saturday, he wasn't even on. I know, yeah, we. Yeah, so we. How can you, a young player like that who's making his way, any player probably, <coughs> get any kind of continuity, you know, mm-hmm. rhythm, whatever you know? Yeah, the one so thing. play a great game and then suddenly you're sitting for any, any sense mm-hmm. of sustainability gets. Gets panned, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, because we loaned Kennedy and then he just straightened the team. Like, uh, yeah, that, exactly. that, yeah. I, I completely agree with you on that. And it's a funny. Um, I was going to mention this on the show at some point, um, but it's good because we're talking about sport. Is that um, I'm a huge. Um, I've, Ricky knows this. I, I prefer as I'm getting older what basketball the American basketball mm-hmm. and there's a guy a rookie who plays for uh, Los Angeles who's been getting stick the entire season and then now they're, they're his team's on like a 10 game winning streak and all the media now are going isn't he brilliant like we always thought he was going to like yes. come through and the thing that frustrates that frustrates me so much in any sport but in football I think it's the worst um, culprit of this is that they gave absolutely nobody a chance like you know because it's not just that if it's foreign players they don't give them the chance to adapt to whatever league they're in because the Premier League is way different yeah. I don't care what anyone says mm-hmm. and the other thing is if it's a young player like an English player like Jacob Murphy like you said who's been at Norwich in the championship and he comes here like give him a run of games like he's not going to be great right, right off the bat nobody's going to be not everyone's going to be Lionel Messi not everyone's going to be uh, you know a, a, a guy a world class player right off the bat is yeah. like you know so all these players are like it's like when Scott Sinclair was at Chelsea and then he went to Swansea and did great because like that's a great example I know he's tailed off a little bit but never get a chance never get a chance right, ne- right. they never get a chance um, right. Jamie Carragher who I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of analysts but Jamie Carragher thought made a really good point on the last Monday Night Football as he pointed out if you are a young kids and I would urge any families who are listening to this who've got young children who are going into academies or whatnot, don't pick like Chelsea or Man City because you're never going to play. Like mm-hmm. if you if you have a, if your kid has a choice, pick a team that you've got to yeah. ch- go to Tottenham. I mean, look at how great Tottenham are. They give people a chance because mm-hmm. um, I think that's ultimately the problem is the two best teams, arguably in the league right now, are not but or like or have been like Chelsea won last year. Don't play. Don't mm-hmm. play any young players. Um, look at Kevin De Bruyne. He goes to yeah. Germany for one season. Now he's a Ballon d'Or. Yeah, Mo Salah. Exactly. You can make a pretty good yeah. team of uh, Mourinho rejects. I will have to tell I know. Yeah, um, that's I think a very valid criticism of him is yeah. that um, great at making great players greater. Yeah. 
not great at mm-hmm. making yeah. you know potential good. Yeah. Um, you, you give him money and he's okay. Yeah. But um, when you look at Rashford now, the vote yeah. Sanchez Rashford's not. I don't. I, I, he needs to leave. Um, <laughs> Sanchez know. doesn't fit in at all. Does yeah. He? Yeah, but they bought him because he's marquee. Fish out of water, That's what I think. They bought him because he's a marquee signing, mm-hmm. and he's not playing for Arsenal, mm-hmm. even though Arsenal. You know, uh, I think he wanted to get one over Wenger, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Wenger now just. Do you remember when like they never let them go to any rival? It doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, yeah. I will not keep you any longer, Gareth. But thank you so much for coming in. Um, <laughs> is, um, is there any um, information you can give us for people listening? Like, have you got any website? Yeah. Um, yep, yep. If anybody would like to look at the website, it's nuts. Sorry, what was that again? Nudza.org. N-U-D-S-A. Right. Yeah. Okay, .org. can have a look at the things we do on there. There's photographs of our social events. Okay. And there's also membership forms if you're interested. I've just realised because of my dyslexia, that's the abbreviated version, isn't it? Sorry, that's my damn dyslexia. I'm going, what does that mean? So, yeah, I'm dyslexic. And whenever someone does, you know, what's it called when they do one letter at a time? Acronym, yeah. And whenever they do that, I can't, my brain can't fathom what that means. I like that with numbers. Yeah, okay. Anyway, but yeah, so I encourage people to go on that. And obviously, you know, I'm assuming we're going to have people who are disabled listen to this. And if they want to, go to a game I think that's a really good it, I'm so pleased to have you on because yeah. you can help that transition I would assume so yeah. um, so a huge thank you for coming on and um, is, you know if they want a ticket for a match they need to just um, contact the box, box office, office not yes. the disabled is not ok and they'll just pass them through do they and they will sort it out from there brilliant normally tickets go on a sale I think it's about two weeks before mm-hmm. a game mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. So is the limited tickets for disabled uh, um, it depends if it's wheelchair th- mm-hmm. th- they've got about 180 but they're expanding ok um, Ambulant. Okay. Um, obviously, there's, there's plenty of room for ambulant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bear that in mind sense. that's a sellout every week, of course. But you know. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, if a lot of them are season ticket holders, I imagine a lot of the seats are already already taken up. I would assume. No, but no, not all disabled people go out are season ticket holders. Okay, there's quite a few. So just go for random yeah. games. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good to know because oh, the yeah, people are listening. Yeah. The section I sit in, there are two of us who are season ticket holders alright and there's room for about four or five wheelchairs there so great. different people come every time awesome well I encourage people who are listening to this who want to go now, now you've got a great opportunity I think you've just got to credit Newcastle United yeah. well for doing I'm, this yeah. Yeah. I've heard someone I mean um, as I said my, 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 my mum every now and again when she worked there I mean my mum loved working that was easily her favourite job was working at St James's so they do a great job mm-hmm. from what it sounds like so huge thank you for coming on I really appreciate you're it you're welcome um, thank you very much anyway thanks a lot and uh, so what we're going to do now guys we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be back for mental health news and obviously we're going to play some ads as well um, so thank you so much for tuning in to Mentally Sound here on Spice FM 98.8 FM and we'll be right back for mental health news after this 24 hours a day 7 days a week Spice FM 98.8 FM Man if you 
you've been refused car credit, then come and see our finance team at WeFinanceYouForMore.com. Call Jesse on 0800-917-8013, visit our Scotswood Road showroom, or log on at WeFinanceYouFormore.com. The Glasses Factory stocks men's, ladies and kids' glasses in the biggest brands like Armani, Ray-Ban and Police to name but a few. Why not take advantage of the Glasses Factory two-for-one offers from £60? See for yourself. The Glasses Factory, 498 Westgate Road, Newcastle. Call 0191 273 8460. Log on at glassesfactory.co.uk or search us out on Facebook. Old radio sound. <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. <laughs>
Hello everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM, 98.8 FM. That was The Verve with Love Is Pain, and that was Phil Collins with You Can't Something Love, whatever. You <laughs> Can't Hurry Love? You Can't Hurry Love, yeah. that's it, yeah. It just it went off the database, it stopped playing, and I went, what was the name of the title? I can't remember. Actually, I completely forgot that was Phil Collins. I just thought and went, oh, that sounds, that sounds fun. And um, we did that because uh, Ricky was desperate for a little break, so we played a couple of songs just to... to um, I, but I, I told them I wouldn't mention it on there, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, he, he, mentioned he mentioned that he didn't. He didn't say that. I, I wouldn't break confidence like that. But um, that's the reason we played a couple of songs. Um, but huge thank you to Gareth. We were just saying during the break that was a really interesting interview. And we, buddy, we apologise if you listen to some. If it was football related, you're not a football fan. But obviously, he's from the Newcastle United <laughs> Disabled yeah. Supporters Association. So um, uh, that that makes sense. So we were just saying, like, you know, for being supporters for that long, mm. you know, I'm 30 and I've been a supporter of Newcastle all my life. And I'm like, I had no idea they did that. So it's really cool mm. that they did. Um, but yeah, uh, what I will mention as well, because I said I'd mention this twice, is I'm just going to quickly mention the appeal again. Um, because if you missed the the, the, the start of the show, um, Spice is doing an appeal for Syria uh, tomorrow at 6pm till 12pm live on the air, 98.8 FM. So if you join them for the human appeal to help the trapped uh, civilians in East Gota, well it's all of Gota but particularly that area because they've been hit um, most harshly. And um, yeah, so if you want to join on that um, time, they're doing a fundraiser uh, on Spice tomorrow at 6pm till 12pm. So join Spice FM for that. Um, they also gave me donation information. So if you would like to donate over the phone, you can do so on 0191-273-9888. That's 0191-273-9888. Or you can go to the website, which is www.justgiving.com and emergency for the number four and Syria. And um, you can donate 
through that if you so wish. Um, so to just um, helping out the Spice family because they asked me to to do that. So what we're going to do now um, is we've got a guest coming at half past, um, which I just mentioned at the beginning of the hour. That's um, Lily and Fareda from West End Befrienders are on about half one. But now we're going to do mental health news, which is cool considering if you've been um, a part of any episode the last couple of episodes, we've not really had a chance. Um, to do mental health news in for, for about 20 minutes, so we're going to get a chance to do that now. So we basically do headlines, and we're joined by one of our team members, Kaylee. Hello, Kaylee. Hello. Um, so, yeah, so um, we thought it would be nice to get her to join in, because um, did you join in mental health news the first time? Yeah, it was um, towards the, the end, wasn't it? It was towards the end, so it was quite rushing. Yeah, it was quite rushed there. It was, it was sort of introduced you, wasn't it? I remember. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. So Kaylee's very candy. So what what this section is before Ricky fires away with some headlines is essentially that is because we're a month sure we thought it would be interesting to do mental health news and because we've got a whole month to talk about mental health related subjects and then as a group with Kaylee's involvement, which is great because I think as a three it kind of works better. I don't know if you when agree we did it with Justin. Yeah, we did it with Steve obviously as well. Um. So yeah, I think doing it as a three is nice so it's kind of like a debate section so we'll we'll talk about something and we'll just think on our feet and sort it's of um, it's regular uh, yeah well. and yeah it's actually we used to like do it on the second the end, yeah, yeah we used to do it the second hour so we've actually as I said we've got time to do this so so great so fire away Mr. Mr. Ricky and I will uh, as my New Year's resolution for this year I will do a damn jingle for this <laughs> mm. <laughs> so it'll just be like mental health <laughs> well, <Yes, Ricky. laughs> can I just quickly say then before I get started yeah. I said at the start of the show that there was, was going to be a kind of a big announcement which I kept secret okay. do you realise it's our third birthday this Month. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes that. that makes so, sense. If, you, yeah. is there, if there's ever oh. a jingle needed for something yeah. like that, it's, it's, it, it was. It's a third, yeah. But I'll do that too. Yeah. Job done. I'll oh, move on. <laughs> I actually did the jazz hands as well. I hope everyone are happy. Because it oh, was yeah. uh, March 2015. This. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm, but that's funny because I said the last, I've been saying the last few years, yeah. now it actually is the last few years, because, yeah. you know, it's a couple, I thought it was like a couple of years at least, but yeah, mm. that's really cool. Oh, well, congrats, um, huge thank you to everyone who's been listening so far, um, that's really cool. Uh, anyway, okay, okay so, so uh, yeah, um, so there was a, a report by the Guardian newspaper, um, not very good news this, unfortunately, so um, they found out that in the years between 2012-2017, as many as 271 people. Uh, patients have died um, through feelings of, of by health bodies. Um, so the theory of some, I, I think, some bodies NHS trust have led to sort of these deaths where, um, you know, where it be cuts and everything, but particularly these mental health patients, and they say that um, 45 cases of, of that 271 uh, include people, patients being discharged too soon. Which is, I think, mm. the common thing we do here. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. Yeah. Uh, Seventy-two of those cases were due to um, poor, inappropriate care. Um, and then on the flip side, we say just discharged too soon. Forty-one cases of them have been through treatment being delayed. Mm-hmm. So they just haven't had the treatment quick enough enough to, to yeah. save their lives. Um, that really, that that really. Pre- um, but this is hitting. This is of a, particularly a very younger section of society because of those two hundred seventy-one um, deaths that they've been. Majority of people have been their twenties, thirties, and forties. Wow, yeah. wow, that that's not fun. The timing is always one of the biggest things. Like, like the waiting times for things, mm-hmm. and, and I mentioned this on the last one today because I'm on like a waiting list at the moment helps, mm-hmm. and I got a letter from them through the post actually about two days ago, and mm-hmm. I got I was like, I'm, this is it, this is it, like, you know, it's my appointment, and 
it was, oh, thank you for being on the waiting list, um, we're going to get to mm. you soon enough, and it had been like six months already, mm-hmm. so, and I've still got another like, I don't know, five, six months to wait, I think, still. Yeah, because you're on like the regular, the yeah. regular, ugh. It's, oh, you know, it was, tw- it was estimated 10 to 12 months. Yeah. So, yeah. It's so strange. Yeah. Do you think there's an assumption that because it's younger that we're prepared to wait more or something? Is there some weird assumption there going along that, you know... Yeah, and I think it's more of a... I, I, I hate, almost hate... That we're not seen as priorities as enough? I almost, hate, I almost hate saying this, but it's like the... the it's the get over approach, and I, I, I hear that a lot. You know, it's like, it's like, which is why we've we've discussed this on this show. It's like if a teenager has angst and feels mm-hmm. suicidal, for example, yeah. it's very society is very quick to say, ah, oh, it's a teenager. They yeah, go through yeah, these yeah, things, yeah, whereas yeah. there could be something completely genetic, you know, very mental health orientated, something very genuine going on there, and it's not just. Uh, but I think a modern society as well, with everything that's going on, social media, body image issues, cyberbullying, and all that. I think yeah. mental health, youth mental health, is more of a. I honestly journey. think as well it goes back to is is as much as some people don't like hearing this is that it goes back to that just mental health is not treated the same yeah. way because if That's it was a, a if, factor, it, if it? it was a physical disability I mean we've had a good example of that with the disabled person mm-hmm. from Newcastle United is that it's great that they're doing that but even that took some time yeah. to get people to be you know you know disabled people well, yeah, having yeah, get yeah. having access and That's all a good that. comparison yes yeah. whereas how far are we behind in mental he- in a mental health sense? There's not like a mental health organisation mm-hmm. to help us mm-hmm. to do things in that sense or whatever it is. And it's like and it's it. I'm un- I'm almost uncomfortable making that point as well because I don't like the idea of because I I, I say this to my mum and my mum actually agrees with me. Is that my mum is part of Parkinson's UK? Mm-hmm. But I say to her all the time that like my concern is that the lack of care for every single disorder or every single illness leads people to go well I'll set up an organisation for that particular disease or disorder mm. whereas like to me that alienates um, like the idea that it's like everybody deals with something mm-hmm. because it goes well we only care about this thing mm-hmm. and then we only care about this thing mm-hmm. that's why like I don't like the idea of us like putting ourselves up in sections because then that by accident defines us for the condition we have. Yeah. Whereas uh, it, it it shouldn't be that way. Because mm-hmm. an ide- I know I'm speaking in an ideal idealistic sense, but like, wouldn't it be great if we were all under one banner of like the Mental Health Association, and that included everybody, mm-hmm. and just instead of having partners in UK, it would just be a Parkinson's section, and then a thingy mm-hmm. section, and doctors for that specific disease, but all under the banner of one organisation, because essentially that's where the NHS has failed, because where where they fail is where private organisations and private charities start up, because they go, well, this is unacceptable, which is a brilliant thing, but it leads to these underpinnings of, like, you know, it's not quite... a symptom of a a situation that's not well. Yes, that's the major con of it, Mm -hmm. because... Um, yeah, you do feel like there's also a, there's also a postcode lottery as well. It it very much depends where you are. I yes, mean, like you know, that's a good I mean, point too. I mean, I, know, I remember recently um, in terms of something like eating disorders amongst young people mm-hmm. that uh, kids are being sort of locked away in, in units hundreds of miles away from the parents, which is not a great thing because distance makes it harder. And people, I, I mean, people are to go from Belfast to London in some extreme situations, so they've got to catch a flight to see your own 
child who has been there. Uh, yeah. Mm. Especially if you're in school as well and you get taken out of school and you have to go to a facility that's far away mm. from where all your friends are, yeah. where you used to go in, and then you're being separated. And mm. it's you, the, we've got, uh, you reminded me of a good example of that was um, mm. the bulimic kids. Do you remember the bulimic, um, again, I apologise for my terrible memory of names, but do you remember the, the the young guy? He was about 15 or 16 or something, and he had bul- he had bulimia and he couldn't... Um, he, he, he was thrown up for eating, and he had to go to a clinic in Glasgow because it was the nearest place. Was he and a he local had lad, to, he? Yeah, he was a local lad, and right. he ended up having to go to Glasgow for treatment because it was the only place that did mm-hmm. it. And the reason we had him on, it was one of the early shows. It might have been before your time, actually. Ah, yeah, um, but um, I remember it really vividly because yeah. it was an interesting conversation because the reason, w- the angle we were going for was the bulimia and that type of that type of disorder, however way you want to phrase it, is normally associated with women, you know, and models and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we got a guy on to say it happened mm-hmm. to males too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the angle we went across. And I, I specifically remember him saying that he went to Glas- he had to travel to Glasgow and he was going that often that I think he ended up living there. I think for a that few might have been around the time because yeah. I know the, the RBI, there's a unit there, I think it's called the Richardson Unit. And why I remember it is because there was a petition going around to actually save it. Mm-hmm. It meant that, uh, yeah, people from our region had to travel up to those distances. So, uh, from my understanding, I think that unit's been saved now. I, I hope. I hope that I'm would, right on that. That would be yeah. nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would. That would. That would be. That would be. That would be the hope. Mm-hmm. Get on it, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, cool. Uh, are we done with that? Yeah. So, on the flip Next side, oh yeah, on the flip side to that, um, you mentioned talking therapies there, didn't you? Yeah. Jill, yeah. So, um, a bit of good news in, the, in in this way that um, talking therapies which are available on the NHS, um, there's been recu- been record recovery levels from token therapies. Um, so so there's a great bit news there. So the, uh, on the NHS, um, on the uh, on, on the sort of that category, what they have is like, obviously, you know, the, the cognitive behaviour therapy, the CBT, counselling, and they even have mindfulness therapy that they're introducing now, and that's having an effect. Yeah. So it's interesting there, because we were talking about one downside to what's going on, and here's one flip side, which... It's great once you get onto it. Yeah, it's great when you get onto it and you know you get to go to your regular uh, sessions and you do the mindfulness, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. getting there. Because this, in a way, dovetails with a recent report you might have saw about um, antidepressants. Remember, it was over a fortnight ago that it was saying that it does work for some people. I don't know why that was some revelation. <laughs> it does. It does obviously work for some people, but I think people were assuming that. Perhaps we are living in a, in a, in a sort of pill popping culture where if you go to a GP and you display symptoms of mental illness yeah. it's like okay here's the I'm very um, I'm one of those that's a bit sceptical with taking medication I think um, because I've you know I got offered it before and it was you know this is the solution but it was no other suggestions it was just yeah. this is what we're doing take these you'll feel you know the first then it was, oh, well, the first few months you'll feel worse and obviously with having severe anxiety the thought of my anxiety getting worse for the next few months mm. was something Which that happened to yeah, me yeah and I mean given I was also doing my exams at that time the university yeah. I was sitting how could this even be worse than what it is now? And then, you know, she was like, oh, maybe it'd be worse than worse once. But after that, mm. it would get better. But, it's, yeah. Well, there's a couple of things I think <laughs> about that. <laughs> but it's great that you said that because um, I think there's a couple of things that I think are going on to why that that's the regular response about antidepressants is because t- I talk about this privately all the time is that, that, you know, depression is the number one most treated thing now in the UK, like overtook cancer a while ago. And I, that that leads to you to have an educated response to that by going, clearly, people are going who aren't depressed mm-hmm. um, and being 
just given stuff mm-hmm. and I think we had a trend and it's the American trend of there's a problem with you have some drugs yeah. and I think the, yeah. the the situation has got to where there's people who aren't depressed who are being given antidepressants mm-hmm. and also it's the it's the campaign this is why you know like people on benefits get who generally need it you know I'm talking about like PIP and ESA and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff employment support allowance um get a hard time because there's people who break the system by going well I'm not feeling very well and taking antidepressants and use that as proof to say that there's something wrong mm-hmm. and I know people I've met people in my lifetime who have literally done that and abused the system by just going to a GP crying and the GP goes well he has some antidepressants yeah. so I think a combination of that is then GPs going less less gung-ho about giving antidepressants yeah, out yeah. have led antidepressants to getting a bad rap which I think as a counteract to that people are going there's people who are now talking about and I think what you said spot on is that it, it works for some people it doesn't for some and really ultimately I, I think the more obvious answer but GPs will never tell you this or doctors won't but ultimately in all cases I've ever seen the most likely thing is it's a combination of support medication yeah. and therapy um in that in sort of varying order You're supposed to support each other i think yes. and you've got one you know another is to support that mm-hmm. i'm just of the opinion that you know one size doesn't fit all it's um it's, yeah. it's also for courses it's like um I remember when that when that story broke about the antidepressants. Uh, I noticed that a tra- it was trending on Twitter that people were saying, "Well, meds have helped me," and they were defending the fact that meds help help yeah. them, yeah, which yeah. is fine and cool, and, and I'm supportive of that as well. I would never say to people, um, "Never, never, ever take antidepressants," because I know for a lot of people it has worked. Yeah. What I would say is just take a multi-pronged approach where first course of action doesn't have to be for the meds. That yeah. There's other things out there, but as you rightly say as well, Kelly, it's about get, getting it as well. Yeah, it's getting there. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Antidepressants. Uh, th- what I was what I was getting at was antidepressants is a short term solution because they can't give you therapy. And yeah. I, and I, and I, most people I've seen who have had long term therapy when they've had a long term issue or and are struggling have had you know quite good. It takes time, and obviously it's a hard thing to open yourself up in therapy sessions. But that's the perfect environment, and I think that's partly like. You know, but there are I think a good way of balancing it is to say like my mom's situation for example because she has on top of her mental health issues Parkinson's which she's had for 12 years now and it's like so she's, they've just said they're going to up her medication um, because they think the new medication so is helping her she's having to juggle all her antidepressant yeah. medication with her painkillers yes. for physical and stuff yeah so my mom's taking a low mood stabiliser and stuff like that mm-hmm. so they've just upping it mm-hmm. uh, double in the dose because they think it's helping mm-hmm. so I, I think there are situations like that where it, it, it and I also think as well because you were touching on it it's down to the individual because um, there are people who just refuse to talk about things yeah. so and that's usually the only solution because they they will just not well, yeah it's similar to when we have the group talking about dry January um, yeah. it's like you know people reach alcohol as the first point of call because they know they don't have to talk about it or you know it's, a yeah. mm-hmm. it, it's readily available it's there you don't have to get an over counter thing for it mm-hmm. yeah. and I hopefully when you know over so much time when we can get the stigma like work on it and then people want to talk about it is the problem because at the yeah. moment like you said like it's treated differently to say maybe you know how other things are treated and when it's like you know you need to talk about it and be open about how you feel mm-hmm. but it's like there's no inclusive environment for people mm-hmm. to do that in the first place so 
there's no wonder that people don't want to talk about it. I, 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 I always say that this is probably the most controversial thing I've ever said when I was blogging all the time, but when I, I did a blog where I compared it to say, and I don't think people, people who criticised me understood the point I was making, is that I said it should be treated on a similar level to what cancer is. And I was making just the distinction of, and it's because clearly people didn't read the article is what I think is what happened, because I, they just said, like, I had the headline something along those lines, and I think it was just a knee-jerk reaction, because I got a, quite a few people saying, how dare you say that, what are you talking about? Mm. Um, this is when I was still on Facebook. Um, and, yeah, and I, I, what I was getting at was cancer, for the most part, obviously you see, you know, certain... Um, you know, uh, changes in a person's body, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's underneath the skin. It's a poison that's inside yeah. your 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 yeah. body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you took a person, like say, take for a random example, my nephew who's eleven, mm-hmm. and I went and I went to him and said, I, um, uh, "Sam, I have cancer." he would know what that is mm-hmm. and he would react according to how his parents knew that cancer is a bad thing because yeah. for the most part you're taught mm-hmm. how to behave when someone says that word yeah. if I went to him and said Sam I'm feeling really depressed and I have been for some time mm-hmm. they don't he's not, they're not taught what to do and yeah. it, it reinforces the point of what I'm saying is that like because it is uh, you know in, your per- in a person's mind mm-hmm. and you can't see physical limitations even though it, they, they are there mm-hmm. you're just not treated the same way and so I'm saying like it happens as I just touched on earlier it happens just as much as cancer does in terms of diagnosis mm-hmm. and it can be just as fatal because there's people who can have cancer where it's just like level one and it's it, it's treatable and you know, obviously you know if it's if it's you know like my friend John who had level four and he had, he's going to pass away very quickly um, that's obviously awful and but I'm just making the distinction of you know you can get over um, cancer in its smallest sense and and be rel- and live your life quite normally but you can also get depression that can ruin your entire life and so that's what I, I guess frustrates me about you know when people have because again it's the comparison of someone goes I had a bad day today I was crying and I didn't do much to a person who literally can't get out of bed and you know life is completely ruined and their relationships are all over the place and they, they compare the two and go well I, I feel I see it like that way too and I'm like but no if a person's yeah, it's, you know it is deliberating yeah. It can be, uh, yeah and I just think that's the part of depression that people don't want to talk about yeah. is because they don't think and some people claim it doesn't exist and I'm saying cancer if you have a doctor who goes that person's got cancer mm-hmm. nobody goes are you sure <laughs> like, whereas if a doctor goes he's clearly got depression mm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The amateur doctor comes out with some people and goes, "Well, really, really? Could you not just work harder? Could you not just work harder?" Yeah, you're pretty <laughs> just like mildly sad about one thing that's yeah, happening yeah, to you at this yeah. moment. It's like if you've got, you you got an eating disorder, says, "Can you not just eat?" Yeah, just eat more. Yeah. 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 yeah, or alcohol. Can you not yeah. just stop drinking? Yeah, exactly. it, 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 yeah. Great points, because that's exact. That's such a great point, because that's exactly what frustrates me about it. Yeah, is that just people just go, "Well, just not do it," and I'm like, "Well, that's." Someone kid does not understand addiction, yeah. um, or or in a case in a, an illness such as this. Anyway, sorry, so rant over. Anyway, <laughs> kind of a segue. Something that you mentioned, Kaylee, about controlled environments. So, um, where you know we can talk about such matters. So, if I was to if I was to mention uh, men in sheds, what what comes to mind? <laughs> Me on a Friday night. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but that sounds interesting. Gone. So, um, there's a new scheme. Um, men in sheds, and it's a, it's in partnership with um, councils up and down the country and Age UK. Okay. 
and it's designed for basically is- men who feel isolated for whatever reason uh, to to go to these sorts of places, and make friends, and learn new skills. Um, Did you say men in sheds? Yep, sheds. That's the concept, oh, yeah. Okay. So it's it, it you can imagine what it is. It could be anything from gardening to DIY. And it reminds me of my dad because like, my dad's like he was a shed fan. Like I mean, we had like a <laughs> yeah. massive shed at the bottom of the garden. That was his area. Yeah. yeah. So like, whenever he was stressed, he's like, "Right, well, I'm going to the shed." <laughs> yeah, the shed is my area, just like, I'll be on my own for an hour, I'm in the shed, and he was well happy. Yeah, like sheds or allotments, it's like, you know, those those private spaces, the, yeah. The, the, there's people I've heard of who, like, made it office space. Have you ever like, watched yeah. Shed of the Year, honestly? Yeah, 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 yeah I've watched that. you watched Shed of the Year, like, yeah. they've got some amazing sheds. Yeah, Yeah. did you ever see the, that, um, you know, because I don't have regular TV, but whenever I, I occasionally see some programmes at my mum's, and uh, what's the one... Jesus Christ! If we, uh, <laughs> so, um, sorry, I don't mean that in a religious sense. <laughs> Apologies for anyone who I don't mean that in a negative sense. Uh, my response was to the fact that like it did generally feel like the roof was about to cave know, in, um, and I'm like, this is it's so strange. And there's no warning about this either. So if you hear any screaming and us going call somebody, then yeah. uh, that that that. Uh, you know, someone who's listening, please do. Um, you know, call for some help because uh, it's quite ridiculous. <laughs> if you heard that, I apologise. But anyway, that literally so would be mental health news. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like you're there and then. Yeah, we get some publicity out of it. Like roof caves in during live radio. So yeah, just send that. Yeah, go online. You can find your nearest men in sheds uh, community and um, yeah, yeah, a, a space for men to 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 ch- share and. Chat. Yeah, yeah, that what sounds good. That sounds. Th- uh, what I was saying, what I was in the, pro- in the middle of the same was that program where it's like they use spit like makes the best out of space like they have a space for something like there was one I saw where a person got like a space shuttle on BBC 2 I think it is yeah. or Channel 4 or something um, I can't quite remember but um, but yeah I watched one of them where they got a, a cockpit from a space shuttle and changed, changed into like this space palace dome thing and it was great <laughs> I was like watching it going I mean, my, my geekdom was just on overdrive I was like that, sounds, that looks awesome like um yeah. And that, the, the presenter, <laughs> I don't know what it is, like, you found the presenters on a lot of programs now are extremely judgmental, like, they just, it's all these shows where they, like, go in and just go, right, I'm now gonna, I'm now gonna ex- observe what you've done, and, like, that guy does the gardening program, uh, Monty, Monty, where, Don? Monty, Monty Don, where he goes in and he's like, right, let's see what you've done, and like, I wouldn't have done that, I don't know, like, all <laughs> <laughs> well, the presenters now just go, and he has the garden, it's yeah. like, now it's like, well, mm, it's all these specialists, they go, mm, I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, will he do it, or will he won't, I'm not sure, like, yeah. Um, it's like, um, what was it, um, changing rooms, and yeah, you know, when they take totally the blindfold off, you can tell that they just don't like it. Yeah, oh, no, well, some of them legitimately, like, the you know, yeah. start swearing and yeah. everything, it's great. There's a, there's a compilation on YouTube that I encourage people to watch and it's just Carol Smiley literally just doing the whole <laughs> fake smile like do you like it and they're all like going oh my god what have you done like working out the cost in the head what it's yeah, going to do yeah to exactly yeah <laughs> yeah because they'll go if, they'll, if they like it they're like yeah. great they've spent it they've spent it on doing it but yeah you've got to maintain it yeah this is going to cost three grand to uh, yeah overturn this very very funny quick story right um, about like prizes on shows it's the I don't know if you know like I I saw a, a, an interview by a presenter in America called Alison Hayslip, and she does a whole bunch of stuff. She was on The Voice, American Voice, for a bit, I think. Um, and you, you, if you're in, uh, she's been on like Geek and Sundry on the YouTube channel as well. But anyway, she was talking about before she became famous, she did uh, The Price is Right in America, uh-huh. and so she won 
um, like a showcase. I think she won the showcase or a prize or something. I don't know whether she won the showcase, but at one point she won a mis- a brand new Mercedes that was like worth I don't know something like a hundred thousand dollars or something. Uh-huh. Or maybe maybe I'm overdoing it, but maybe that's say fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And she told the story in an interview, which I just went, it's so ridiculous. Is that when they looked into insuring the car, it cost so much money to insure the car that she literally couldn't accept it. So she had to sell it. So she didn't even actually get to keep the car. And she just went, "It's that I've heard plenty of people actually since then who went on game shows and had to not been able to maintain the stuff that they buy because they don't like you know when you said when you said game shows I thought you, I thought you were going to say bullseye you know, oh, yeah, when, when they're in a yacht when yeah. they're in a landlocked thing. yeah I live in Derby <laughs> like, yeah. I live in Derby what, what can I do with a boat yeah. yeah. or put it in the garden yeah. <laughs> just make, look a, make a pretty good shed that yeah. way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the spaces they'll put that yeah, on yeah. Yeah. turn it into a shed yeah, yeah. Um, um, did you ever hear that it was it won the boot was it the what's the name of that um, RT Prize, the Booker Prize, isn't it? The Turner Prize. Turner Prize. Yeah. Um, I remember one year, uh, the a guy who won had a thing. It was uh, shed, 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 ex- boat shed. No, no, whatever no, it was no. called. Oh, they, there was one. There was one piece that was the exploding shed where. Oh right. I think some one artist literally blew up his shed, but but <laughs> hung hung them up on pieces so you could ima- see it as if it was exploding and put like a light bulb in oh, there. Oh, okay. Yeah, was well, there was one that was shed boat shed where it was a shed that morphed into a ship, it, into a boat. That does ring a bell. Um, and I remember that it was on, it was on, have I got news for you? Because Paul Merton just ripped the hell out of it. He went, that's, that, that, that. he went, yes, yes, Paul Merton made a really good joke yeah. where he went, do you think he just wheels a shed in and then he goes, can you look that way for a second? Rolls the shed <laughs> out and then brings the boat in and he goes, ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> it was like Nicholas, Nicholas Parsons or somebody was presenting and he goes, and he was reading off the, the cue cards and he went, nobody had seen the in, in the middle phase and that's when Paul Merton went. He just reel it in and go, da do it. Anyway, I just thought it was funny. Uh, you got one last quick one before we take a break? Uh, um, well, that's, I can read some from the last week's because those are the three. I mean, I guess Oh, yeah, did we, did we go through all the last week's? Not all of them. Um, let me just see if he gives us a second. Have you got any quick ones, yeah. though? Um, okay, yeah, I've got. So we did the time to change uh, special, didn't we? So I think around yes. that time they re- they too released the report. Um, I've got written here. So two thirds of people have, have admitted that they have no one to talk to over their problems and mental health. So that's two thirds of us. Wow. I mean, we. I guess we're. Would you? We're quite fortunate. We, we're friends. We're colleagues on this, so we have a, a space. But I guess for many people out there, they just don't have that outlet, that mm. network. Yeah. You know. Um, I was going to ask you a serious question about that because sometimes, because um, this is I think part of mental health. Do, mm-hmm. Does do you guys have issue? Do you guys struggle with? Because my mum, I think, because she's really depressed, mm-hmm. is struggling with this. Is that do you guys struggle to realise that that sometimes like y- you have to remind yourself that like we actually are in quite a fortunate position. Yeah. Um, d- yeah. D- I mean, I know you're saying you're waiting for help, which isn't ideal, but like, I just mean. You think about the fact that, like, we're in a country where we can try and get access and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. And, and I know that I don't like people sometimes saying that, but, mm-hmm. like, like take my mom's example. She actually is in, like, the main area for Parkinson's research and everything. Mm-hmm. And they have a Parkinson ward at, at Rake Lane, which is not far from her at all. So I constantly say to her, like, you actually get help way quicker than anybody else mm-hmm. in the country. Um, so what, what do you think about it? Like, is it a mix and match thing? For me personally, I think I'm not normally a fan of perspective, as I'd say, like in terms yeah. of, like if I 
you know, said, well, it could be worse or, you know, looking at someone else that I could be, you know, in this position. Personally, for me, it doesn't always help, I think, because it doesn't actually change how I'm still feeling Correct, yes. about, you know, what's going on with me. Um, yes. But I think it could, I suppose it is kind of helpful in terms of, like you said, like, you look at what situation we're in here in mm-hmm. this country or you've got friends, you've got people that, you know, support you. I think obviously that is a positive thing. You know, we should look back on it and say, well, it could be worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure because, I, I mean, I live with my friends, so, I mean, they're supportive of me. So, you yeah. know, and we all sort of were very, like, open and we've known each other for a long time and, you know, and I've got, like, good support with them. Yes. But in terms of, like, with my family, we don't talk about it as much. Yeah. So I think it depends on who you're with, where yeah, you are at the time. Of course, because yeah. Because obviously, you know, I'm going to be, li- like, moving out soon when I finish university. I'm going to move my family. And it's kind of like I've got anxiety there with how will it be when I'm moving with them? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're not as open and, you know, they're a lot older and they don't mm-hmm. talk about how they feel and mm-hmm. it's been like a lot of issues with that. So I think that it depends on where you are, really. Very true. And who you with. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's it's part of why I do awareness as much as I do and partly why I'm, I'm on here doing this is because, I, I, I yeah, I, I do have a, a somewhat of a network but for thousands of people out there, they don't, for whatever reason, yeah. be it the no family, no friends. Um, yeah, my mom got services me. around them. My mom got me. We'll take a break now just to see if our guests are here or mm-hmm. not, because they might be wondering. But um, uh, yeah, it, my mom and I had a really nice conversation yesterday, and she basically said that like she got very upset because this is what my, the considerate side of my mom. She got really upset about not being able to help people in 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 Parkinson's, like because. Mm-hmm. The, the, again, it goes to be the sort of the cons of um, being part of an organisation, as particularly with my mom's age, is that her age group of people that she's met through Parkinson UK are like all having problems. So, do Parkinson's UK have a a, a regional like setup here? Then yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Parkinson's Northeast. Yeah, and then there's the there's a there's a obviously Parkinson UK is the main yeah. national one, mm-hmm. but they do all sorts of stuff in terms of gatherings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, my mom like just got very like teary and was like really upset about the fact that she wasn't well enough to help other people, yeah. and it got me thinking about my own like desire to talk about things and to help people and to do this mm-hmm. show, for example. And it's probably what got me motivated and really in a good frame of mind to do today's show because it reinforced that like. You know, I really feel that it's important to talk about experience and to talk yeah. about stuff that I've done because um, it's amazing how many people you meet mm-hmm. and how many families you come across mm-hmm. where you just sit there and go, you know, if you had ha- 10 years ago mm-hmm. had actually like dealt with your mental health mm-hmm. because people don't realise the effect it has on the next generation of people. Yeah, that's because what I feel that's what I was saying. Yeah, then. it doesn't make any... Because... Because as much as I love my parents, and my mom can't have access to this, and if she did, I think she'd be okay with me saying this, because I think she accepts this to a certain extent, but, like, her generation, my mom's generation, and, you know, however many generations before us, even, because I think I've been too slow in doing this. You know, I'm 30, and I now feel comfortable. I I mean, I've always felt comfortable. I've been ridiculously open, as, as Ricky knows. And like I'm sure if you talk to any of my really old friends will say the same thing. I'm far too open is my problem. <laughs> but um but like um I just mean in terms of my own happiness and my own um realisation of dealing with what I've done. It took me till I'm about this age to go, Okay, I, I have what I have and I'm coping with it and I'm yeah. I'm comfortable with who I am. Um and I think my mental health has really affected me in that sense. It's took me longer than the average person I would say. But you start talking to families who go well, I've had this problem, and your first response is to go, 
why didn't you do something about it? Yeah. But then the reason they don't is like what I just said. If you ask them honestly, they go, well, it only affects me. Yeah. Which yeah. is really not true. Yeah. As much as I'd like to say that's the case, mm-hmm. is that I'm the one of the reasons I want to be better is because I don't want to put my friends and family through dealing with me being unwell. Mm-hmm. You know that that motivates me in a roundabout way yeah. because I, it, and and ultimately you need to have people to care about because if you don't care about them, you stop caring about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's the twisted logic that depressed people have is yeah. that they want to have an 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 outside force to help them be motivated mm-hmm. because when you're depressed, the last thing you are is motivated. That's what makes it yeah. hard. Um, so anyway, so I just think it's good to that's what motivates me in a personal level because I I think to be, give a huge shout out to my mom that's what makes me motivated to talk about things yeah. because the one thing I would say outside of my mom not dealing with her mental health issues it's interesting because Parkinson is is predominantly you know it's seen as a physical disability but um, the fact that my mom as soon as she got diagnosed took an approach of I'm gonna try and beat this I'm going to not let it affect me and I'm going to go to Parkinson's UK yeah as soon as she gets depression she won't do anything yeah. about it yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like oh, it's just like why is it different it doesn't make sense it's because so it, that's part of the course in a way but right? it yeah. does yeah. make sense because they've yeah. not been given the tools and how to deal with it because mm-hmm. they're told it's not acceptable mm-hmm. um, so, so I yeah. think it is a generation thing yes yeah, right so hopefully we're breaking the chain and I hope we can get enough people to decide to break the chain because that's that's super important Mm -hmm. is to go you know because my 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 sister um, my sister is much more open about talking about mental health um, you know and you know asked me for advice the other day on a situation she was going through and and um, I like that that people should have more conversations like that I told her I was not at all unwilling to do that because that's important um, well for me I mean yeah. I've always talked about it I guess but when I was really really open was that time when I was on um, Radio 4 oh yes um, shared experience a few years and then the, the, the feedback I got from my family um, my mum was like in tears and says yeah well, good on you you know well that's done that's nice yeah. my mum actually said she wanted to listen to this show which I thought was interesting like she um, so she does it's weird she has moments of like yeah she really does understand it but then I just wish you would do it for our own benefit. Yeah, <laughs> the problem. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. about that, like I um, I just like what you said. I um, mentioned to my parents obviously that I was doing this, um, and I sort of said to them, they're like, "Oh, can we listen to the podcast when it comes out?" I was like, "Yeah," but I had this like anxiety in me thinking, like, how will they react to this? Yeah, you know I mean? because they're like I love them, but they're people that they don't really share it. Yeah. So it was kind of you know I've, I've never sort of been given that opportunity to actually sit and talk to them about it enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I kind of just have this like anxiety of letting them listen to it, and yeah, just them talk to me, be like, "What were you saying on that radio show? Like, you know, what were you, you know, what, what was this thing <laughs> I've heard of?" You know, and I'm like, "Well, mum, it's been there for a long time." Yeah, yes. you know, so I'm just like, I don't know. But I, don't I think, about it. but again, uh, the flip side could be to be mis- try to be Mr. Positive to your uh, <laughs> is uh, is to say that sometimes I've heard situations where people talk about it in an outside forum, and yeah. they hear it after, like in a in a the comfort of like them listen to it without you being there and by give it it gives them the power to listen to it in an obs uh, in an objective sense yeah that's what I was um, so. <laughs> yeah because um i've seen that happen and it's uh, pretty good mm-hmm. so is that uh, is that uh, 
someone who's looking. Hello. Yeah. Do you want to go and say? Yep. Right, we're going to take a break anyway. So, all right, thanks a lot for writing the health news, Mr. Ricky. And no, uh, we're going to take a break. Thanks, thank Kaylee. You. Uh, you can go now because I know you're pressed for time. Um, so, yeah, yeah, huge thank you to Kaylee. You can go. And you. What? what uh, can you say what appointment it is or do you not? Uh, it's just a doctor's appointment. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, well, good, well good, good luck anyway, <laughs> whatever it may be. Um, and thanks very much. So, we're going to take a break now. We've got our guests coming in. Uh, so, we're going to take a very quick break and then we're going to be right back to talk to them for the last 10 minutes. So, we'll be back after these messages. Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. Your only Bollywood station in Newcastle. Spice FM, 98.8 
it clean it like so feed it then the less in your pop go Hello everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound right here on 98.8 FM, Spice FM. Thank you so much for tuning in and a huge thank you to Gareth, obviously, who came in the first hour. Thank you to Kaylee for doing Mental Health News. Um, and I thought that we really enjoyed the, you know, because as we talked about um, Newcastle United doing the, dis- uh, helping with disab- disability is really something I... And now a mental health approach as well. Yeah, mental health approach is really cool. And yeah, Mental Health News is really good to get the opportunity to do that. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, which I'm really pleased they actually have come because uh, we were not sure. If they were <laughs> <laughs> we were hoping you were coming, guys, so we were just like, that. thank God that we, we, we managed to fit you in for the last 10 minutes. Um, so it's Lili, have I seen that right? It's Lai. Lai Lee, okay. And Farida, is that, is that correct? I, I, I pronounced something right, thank God. Um, and they're from the West End Befriend Us. So hello, guys. Nice to thank hello, you for coming yeah. on. Hello, hi. Um, so, yeah, um, th- th- thank you so much for coming on, as I just say, because, I mean, um, R- Ricky was talking during the break. It was like a last-minute thing because we had a last-minute cancellation. Yeah. And we know that you're, you're the base down the road, aren't you? Yeah, um, just at St. John's. Yeah, St. John's, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty good. Sorry, apologies for this um, <laughs> the hammering of the, the thing. As I joked, I want to hammer them sometimes <laughs> when I hear that, but there you go. Um, but, yeah, so um, I guess the obvious question for people listening is, what is West End Befrienders? Should we start with you? Western Befrienders is a project, charity project, uh, providing befriending scheme to help elderly house-bound people. Mm-hmm. It's been running for last since 1986 for more than 34 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, great. And I've personally been working there for 20 years. Great, uh, wow. So what we do is we uh, provide befriending scheme to house-bound people in their own language. So we recruit volunteers and match them, whether they're Punjabi speakers or Urdu mm-hmm. speakers. English, local Jodies. Okay. So <laughs> it's, a, it's an ongoing project and it's been running for such a long time and the commitment from Rose Gilroy and Ian McKellar, mm-hmm. they've been chair and trustees for the last 30 years. Okay. Uh, now they wanted to retire and they wanted us to, some, somebody to take us under their umbrella so yes. that the place won't close down. Okay. So the latest news is that we're merging with Search. All right. Search we've had previously on the show. Yeah, we've had on the show, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the news is that we're closing this office down, moving down to Benwell with Search, working together with them. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. That's, I'm assuming that's a good transition, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's so good support. So, yeah. you know, people don't have to worry the volunteers and the service users will con- con- service will continue. As continue as normal, yeah. yeah. How about you? How did you get involved? Well, I've been with West End Befrienders for six years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think as we mentioned that it's a very diverse project yes. in terms mm-hmm. of our service users. Yeah. So I work with the Chinese community, so all the people in the Chinese community. Okay. Uh, so quite similar to what Frida's running, which is to recruit volunteers and to match them or place them with um, older, you know, lonely, socially isolated um, people mm-hmm. in the community. 
Um, and our work also involves um, things like advocacy work, okay. which would mean you know helping um, older people because of the language barrier yeah. who can't access certain services. Yeah. So help them mm-hmm. access those services. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. it could be things like um, sort of benefits and welfare, mm-hmm. uh, health-related uh, issues, uh, housing. Because mm-hmm. uh, obviously in our communities, um, because of the language barrier, not some of them don't speak great yeah. English or yeah. speak very little or no English. So it's um, it's quite important that we actually help those mm-hmm. who, who can't speak language and of course they yeah. have the same rights to access the services as well. So yeah. of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, we're we're de- we've definitely we've we've discussed that at length on this show mm-hmm. many a time about um, you know, not to be discriminatory towards gender or race mm-hmm. or anything like that. So it's good that you have an opportunity to do that. Um, I know. Have you got any? Yeah. Uh, so, so how many volunteers do you have on uh, currently working for you at the moment? Roughly, uh, varies. I've got about twelve to fourteen. Some mm-hmm. active, some not so active. It depends. People have uh, come to me to help uh, them get a job. Mm-hmm. You know. So, first point of view. So, happily, I can say I put about ten women into work. Great, right? Yeah, the support workers or whatever their ability was. Uh-huh. So some of them still continue with the project, the yes. visit of the weekend, and some of them have left, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, it's a very much a volunteer coordinated project, and, yes. and um, the biggest issue is the language barrier, like I said, because mm-hmm. it's the first generation we are dealing with, mm-hmm. and they came with a view that they will make money and go back home. Mm-hmm. But obviously that hasn't happened. Yeah. Their husbands have passed away. Mm-hmm. Mostly uh, women yeah, who yeah. are uh, widows or, you know. Hence the social isolation. Yeah, that's yeah. the biggest problem. They can't yeah. read their own post, so they want somebody to come and read and explain, advocate on their behalf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And escort them to the hospital appointments. So we're mm-hmm. also saving NHS some money by interpreting yeah, yeah, yeah. for them. Of yeah. course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, these people don't have a... Their boundaries are very small. They don't have confidence to travel by themselves, so they want somebody to help them along. That's the, I'm sure, Ricky, you'll understand what I mean by this, is that we, because the, the last few months in particular, I've been talking about my mum's situation, which I yeah. touched on off, uh, off the air. And um, we, we were talking about this earlier in the show, is that, like, yeah, my mum's my 72 and lives in our family house that's a four-bedroom house. And um, outside of the problems with her having Parkinson's and everything else, I, I it, it's led me to realise about exactly what you just touched on is very close to home for me because my mom is very much like you know going through that feeling of like the isolation and being alone because all our cho- all our children have left yeah. and and she's getting unco- you know <coughs> confused about things and just yeah. frustrated and and as I said the number one thing that I think she's going through right now is not be feeling anxious about doing things on our own so that's a very yeah. good yeah. comparison because, you know people used to look after their own but i'm afraid the community is changing now yes exactly yeah. when children are gone away for jobs or working away from home yeah. their parents, mothers are left alone yeah they have a lot of uh, health problems mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot of health issues and uh, they obviously need somebody to rely on somebody to help so mm-hmm. the volunteers are very welcomed yeah and mm-hmm. everything everybody's a different way different needs that we met mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in, for each one. so in terms of the people that you help, because obviously we touched on that we do a mental health show, yeah. um, how common 
is any you know how many people yeah, do you help with mental health? Mental health is a big issue mm-hmm. because obviously as you're getting older, you're not able to do as much you used to do. Yeah. Um, you want somebody to help you, but there's only limited resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people are depressed. They do get depressed because the time doesn't move for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For everybody, a day lasts forever. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of lot of concerns uh, mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think with um, sort of uh, older people, um, the different things that affect sort of, sort of impact on their mental health. Yes. As we've already you know mentioned, isolation and loneliness. Yes. It could be also like the financial circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just um, not being able to be independent anymore. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like poor physical mobility. I think we see a lot of mm-hmm. um, that really affects them. Mm-hmm. They just can't do what they you know what they could do when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Do you find in some cases there's uh, regarding the, the cultural side to it, um, the different the diverse communities is that mental health is a taboo that they're not talking about it, um, and I guess you guys kind of help them talk about it. Do you find that? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because the mental uh, subject is not discussed. Mm-hmm. There's not many words that describe mental mental health in our language. Yeah. 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 I yeah. don't know about you. No, same. There is, yeah. yeah, there is like a bit of a stigma um, mm. associated with it. It's not something they want to admit to, is no, it? No, it's know? not, uh, and they probably just put it down to you know, um, you know, blues or just yeah. um, general uh, anxiety, I suppose. Yeah. But that is mental health mm. uh, issue, mm-hmm. though, even just mild anxiety, yeah. um, de- depression, you know, having mm. low mood. Mm-hmm. That is still on the mental health spectrum, so mm-hmm. um, we sh- yeah we do want to help to address it and mm-hmm. or just to help them um, in terms of helping where our volunteers won't visit, mm-hmm. but also m- encourage them to join in the group activities, which might help improve their mental health well-being. Mm-hmm. And these involve, I'll read on your website. These involve things like exercise and hol- holistic therapies, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exercise. I've had exercise groups before. Um, mm. Frida ran one for <laughs> so a lot of years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, it was. They'll only come if you pick them up and drop them back home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But at the minute, we don't have that. Uh, from the capability. Mm, yeah. so we are trying to sort it out. Again. Yeah. Mm. But we have a group that meets on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. The ladies' group that meet on Allen House. Mm-hmm. Did you say? Did you say that you do home visits? Did you just say that? Um, yeah, the volunteers do. Yeah. Oh, that's 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 really interesting that they that that, that they do that because I, I mean that that's as as you just pointed out, Farida, is that um, people don't want to go out in that situation, which is um, we we've talked we were just talking about this before we got here. It's it's slightly counterintuitive because you know people are look at that, especially ignorant people not aware of the situation about mental health and go, well, if you're lonely, how about just going out and do something about it? But it's not as simple as that no. because of the circumstance and whatnot. So it's good that you guys actually go yeah. to the home and, and, yeah. and um, you know, encourage them in that sense. Hello, everybody. This is just Stephen in post to let people know that we once again ran over over time, which Spice are okay with on the live editions, but obviously in the podcast, that's, that's not fun. We tried to adhere to time, but obviously when the guests sort of talk towards the end, and Spice are really nice about that. But obviously in the podcast, it gets cut off randomly, so it leaves me to say... All that we ended up talking about for the next couple of minutes was just to wrap things up with um, Farida and Leiji from West End Befriend Us. So a huge thank you to them. And that's basically what I said on the live show. 
Rogan because I'm going to do the same in the podcast because that makes total sense. So a huge thank you to them and to Gareth Beard from the Newcastle United Disabled Supporters Association. That was a really fun interview. And obviously to Kaylee, uh, who joined us for Mental Health News at the top of the hour, at the top of the second hour, um, because unfortunately if you listen to the first uh, April show uh, we just did recently, um, unfortunately she's not been very well, so we wish her nothing but the best in her recovery. Um, so thank you so much for listening to this edition and while I'm here I would like to tell you some news if you weren't listening to the live April show that we just did uh, we are now moving to twice a month uh, so a huge thank you to everyone who's been listening because Spice are absolutely thrilled with the show so we are going to be releasing podcasts twice a month now which is fantastic so April's the first show of April which we just did will be released in the next 10 days or so and the next April show that we'll be doing so a brand new second a month will be on the last Friday of April which I believe is something like the 28th I'm just checking out yeah the 27th of April so um, if you tune in on 12 till 2pm on Spice FM 98.8 FM you can listen live and then the show will be released a couple of weeks after uh, the live show that we radio show that we do. So huge thank you to all the support. We couldn't possibly do it without you. And like you to listen to listening to the podcast edition of March's edition of the show. And we'll join you for the next second one of April, which is on the twenty seventh of April. Thank you so much, everybody, and we'll see you very soon. Thanks. Take care now. Bye.